Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for June 29, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. I'm starting with the parable that I call the mother of all parables, because when Jesus said it and his disciples said, well, can you explain it? Because we don't understand it. He said, well, you got to understand this one, because if you don't understand this one, you won't be under- you won't be able to understand any of the parables. And so I call this the mother of all parables. It is the parable of the sower. We've been looking at this parable for over a month. And as we continue to go into it, I pray that you would open up your heart to receive what God is saying. This is part 21 of the series so far. And the title of today's message is The Love of Money is Deceitful. The love of money, not only is the love of money the root of all kinds of evil, but not money. Money is not evil. The love of money is evil, but the love of money is also deceitful. Put in the chat, the love of money is deceitful. Put in the chat, I will not be deceived. Get ready to receive the word. All right. So before I get into the message, uh, I see here that Nicole uh, Nicole Maloney was asking about getting a, a signed copy of the book. So, but you're in Trinidad, so Trinity. All right. So check it out. So in your case, Nicole, inbox me on Facebook or email me at rick at rickpina.org and you tell me how to mail it to you and we'll figure it out. For those of you that are in the Northern Virginia area, I'm doing a book signing this Sunday. I'm going to post it on social media in Woodbridge and Lakebridge. I'm doing a book signing at a Panera Bread at 1 p.m. I'm preaching on Sunday. And after I preach, I'm going to a Panera Bread to do a book signing. So I'm going to let you guys know about that. If you're in the Northern Virginia area and you want a signed copy of my latest book, I'm also going to have some of my other books there that meet me at the Panera Bread in Woodbridge, uh, in Lake Ridge on Sunday at 1 p.m. All right. And, and Nicole, just we'll figure out a way to get you one. All right. So before we actually get into the parable that we're talking about today, there's a scripture that we've been looking at all year. And I want us to go back and look at it again today. The Lord gave us a scripture at our church going into 2023. And this would be a scripture that we will meditate on all year. Psalms 126 and verse four. This is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. The Bible says, now Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Now, Lord, do it again. What, what are we asking God to do again? Restore us to the form of glory. So if you lost something while you've been walking with God for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 30 years, 40 years, and you lost something along the way, maybe you lost a little bit of that zeal, passion, desire, fervor. This is a season to get it back. May streams of your refreshing God flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Any area of your life that is dry, this is a season for the Lord to drench it again. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. All right, so let's get into the parable. So this is the explanation of the parable. Jesus taught the parable. People didn't understand it. Jesus told the disciples, y'all need to understand it. They said, we don't understand it. Can you explain it? This is his explanation. Mark chapter four, verses 13 through 20. The farmer is like someone who plants God's teaching down inside of people. Now, sometimes the teaching falls along the wayside. That's like the people that hear the word of God, but they do not understand it. And because their understanding is unfruitful, then they're susceptible to Satan. Satan can come immediately and snatch away the word that was sown in their heart. Other people are like seed that's planted amongst the rocky ground. These are the people that hear the teaching and they quickly and gladly accept it, but they do not allow the word of God to go deep into their lives. They have surfaced level Christianity. As a result, as soon as trouble comes, the persecution comes because of the word that they receive, 
they're quick to give up. Other people are like the seed that's planted amongst the thorny weeds. This is, these are the people I'm talking about right now. They hear the teaching, but they have allowed their lives to become full of other things. Oh, what are the other things? Jesus gives us three categories, the cares of this world, the love of money, and everything else they want. So the cares of this world, the love of money, and selfish desires. And because they have allowed their lives to become full of other things, they're feeding the weeds and not the word. The weeds grow up and choke out the word. And so it doesn't produce. Other people are like good ground. Say, I'm good ground. Okay, what happens with the good ground? Well, here's what happens with the good ground. Well, the good ground doesn't do what the, what the first three grounds did. It lets the word do what it does. It grows up and it produces a harvest, sometimes 30 times more, sometimes 60 times more, and sometimes a hundred times more. Yesterday, I was dealing with the love of money and the King James version of this passage calls it the deceitfulness of riches. And that's what I'm talking about today, how the pursuit of money or riches can be deceitful. Put in the chat, I will not be deceived. So what does this mean for you today? I, I said all that so we could just set everything up and now I can start teaching what God gave me for this morning. You ready? When I get to this point, I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions so you can lock in and get ready to receive four things. Number one, here we go. Pursuing money over pursuing God is not worth it. Pursuing money over pursuing God is not worth it. You ever met somebody that, um, let's say they're part of a great church, a great community. They're growing. They're being discipled. Everything is great. And then all of a sudden they go, oh, hey, pastor. Hey, family. We're leaving. Where are you going? We're moving to such and such state because I got a job and it's more money. Okay, cool. Did the Lord tell you to go? Well, we haven't really prayed about it, but you know, it's more money though. <laughs> okay. Do you have a piece about it? Did the Holy Spirit tell you go? Well, you know, I'm, I can't say that God, but you know, it's more money though. And so now what happens is you're making money-based decisions instead of, instead of God-based decisions. I'm not saying don't go. It could be that it is the will of God for you to go, but you, you should be led by the Holy Spirit, not by money. Like if, if you can be manipulated by money, if you're going to jump every time somebody offers you more money, then you are a puppet. The devil can just manipulate people and he can drive you all over the place. He, you know, oh man, I am such a blessing. Hey, pastor, I, oh my God, this is such a blessing. I got this second job. God is so good. God, get, I, I told God I needed more money. This is a second job now. Oh, I got it. Thank you, Lord. But the only thing is I have to work on Sunday. So I'm going to miss church. I have to work on Wednesday nights. I'm going to miss Bible study. Okay, but how you... Like, are you, you're going to be disconnected from the source, right? You're going to be disconnected from your community. Are you sure? Is this God? Well, you know, I asked God for more money and it's more money. And so now you're making money decisions instead of God decisions. You should not do that. As a believer, you got to learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, believe me, he has ways to get you money. God has millions of ways to get you millions of dollars. So the endless pursuit of money is deceitful. It causes people sometimes to wind up with the money only to realize that they have lost everything else along the way. They get to that state. Okay, I, I'll give you an example. Uh, I'm not going to go too deep into this. Uh, somebody in my family uh, you know, I, that I talked to um, told me, I'm not going to give too specifics because I don't want people to know, but they moved from one state to another. And, and, and then when I, when I went to the house, oh, beautiful house. Okay, cool. This is nice and everything. And then I started talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. I was giving a testimony about something. And then the, the husband pulls me off to the side. The husband is married to one of my family members and says, man, 
We were at this great church in the other state. Everything was amazing. We're here. We can't find a church. We've been here for a year. I don't know. And you know, I don't know if I, you know. I, I don't know if we were supposed to be here. I don't know if it was God. You know, blah blah blah. I was like, well, why'd you come? <laughs> I mean, like, why'd you do that? You know, I mean, it doesn't take God a year for you to find a church. I mean, like, just ask the Holy Spirit. If you're supposed to be here, you're supposed to be connected. You're supposed to be growing. Long story short, they're moving back. They're moving back to the other state. They're selling the house. Why? Because they made a mistake. What? Don't make money decisions. Make God-based decisions. Listen, if you're, if you're chasing money instead of chasing God, then you're going to be outside of the will of God. Many have lost their families. They've lost relationships. They've lost their integrity and they lost their health in the pursuit of money. Jesus famously asked a question one time. This is Matthew chapter 16. For what does it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world, yet lose his soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What does it matter if you have the money, if you lose everything that matters to get the money? The pursuit of money is deceitful. It's, it's, it, it often leaves people dissatisfied, empty, unfulfilled. That, like they, they, They're trying to get this money, and when they finally get it, then they feel worse because now they have the money and they thought that the money was going to make them feel better. And now that they have the money, this is why you have these people that are uber rich and commit suicide, uber fam uh, uh, famous and commit suicide. Why? Because they find, they've been chasing this thing all this time. And when they finally get it, they thought they were going to be fulfilled and you cannot be fulfilled with money. Money's a tool. Money is a tool. You get fulfillment, satisfaction from God, not from money. Money cannot satisfy the deepest recesses of your heart. And put this in the chat. I am satisfied by God. You got to be satisfied by God. Those who solely pursue wealth and, and money and material possessions, they can't find true happiness in that stuff. They are always longing for inner peace or contentment, and they can't find it because they're trying to find it in stuff, and you're not going to get it in stuff. The love of money can blind individuals to the things that truly matter in life. Oh, let, let me pause right here for a minute. I know people close to me, people in my family that have ruined all types of things for the love of money. The love of money can blind you from what is really important in life. When money becomes your primary focus, and I'm not saying God doesn't want you to have money. Believe me, God wants you to have money. God wants you to have money. Like I'm good with that, right? I mean, God wants you to be, you know, to, to be able to do whatever he tells you to do, but you can't have the wrong relationship with money. When money becomes your primary focus, then relationships, your personal well-being, spiritual growth, all of that will be neglected. Uh, and now what you find as a result is you got somebody that has a bunch of money, but they're empty. They have a bunch of money, but they're broken. True fulfillment comes from aligning yourself with God's purpose, with God's priorities. Put in the chat, say, God is my satisfaction. Put in the chat, say, God is my priority. Put in the chat, say, my purpose is what drives me. Pursuing a meaningful relationship with God, developing healthy relationships and connections with other people, making a positive impact in this world is what brings a sense of fulfillment. And it brings you stuff that money can't buy. The pursuit of money should never overshadow the pursuit of a meaningful, purpose-driven life. I'll give you an example uh, with, with, with me or with us. Now I'm at Inspired Solutions. When I was at Worldwide Technology, one of the things that I was asked to do 
was communicate the value of worldwide technology. Obviously, I can talk. I can communicate. So I was one of the people that was like a brand ambassador for worldwide technology, and I did a great job at it, and I still get to do that as a consultant. But now I'm at Inspired Solutions. And so every day, I'm on video calls basically communicating the value of Inspired Solutions. You know what the very first slide we throw up is? We throw up our, our mission and vision, core values, and then we throw up Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries. And this is me communicating. I'm, I'm communicating to corporate America the value of Inspire Solutions. And the very first slide has Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries on it. And I want people to know right up front that Rick and Isabella Pena have a for-profit business because our for-profit business is really all about driving the nonprofit activity. Like, like the nonprofit is way more important to us than the for-profit. And so, so when you communicate, so I'm not out here, we didn't, we don't have inspired solutions because we have because we want another car. Believe me, I've driven every car that I want. I, I I'm good, right? And so, so no, we we are doing what God has called us to do because we want to advance the kingdom. And so when you do things that way and you communicate it that way, and then now it transcends material things. Contentment and true riches find their place in a heart that is surrendered unto God. When you place your trust in God, when you seek his kingdom above all else, put in the chat, I seek God's kingdom above all else, you will discover riches that extend beyond financial prosperity. And there's nothing wrong with money. Believe me. I, I believe God wants you to have money. I believe God wants you to have money in overflow, in abundance, so that you can give and advance the kingdom. But you got to guard your heart against the deceitfulness of riches, against just chasing stuff and losing your integrity and compassion and generosity in the process. So recognize, oh, let me, this is a, a major point. Recognize that wealth, that your net worth is not the measure of your personal worth or significance. Let me say that again. Put this in the chat. Your net worth is not the measure of your value or significance in the kingdom. And so, no, so you cannot measure your value in God's eyes by the size of your bank account. So there are people that have a big net worth and no value in the kingdom. There are people that have a tremendous value in the kingdom. They just don't have a lot of money. Maybe they haven't proven to God that they can manage money. Maybe they have a great heart for people, but they don't know how to manage money, right? My mom is one of those people. My mom just gave everything away. And she, so, so my mom was never one to really have a whole lot, but my mom gave up, gave away everything she ever had and she still does. And so, so like, so when you become a steward, you're a money manager. When you manage money well, God can give you more money, and, but that doesn't mean that your heart is right or, or, or that kind of thing. When you want to show God that your heart is right, there are people with a big heart, but no money. There are people with a lot of money and their heart is not right towards God. Just know that at, at the end of the day, when it comes to the things of God, you want your heart to be right towards God so that God can use you and you're using your financial resources as a tool and as a blessing to others. Say amen to that. Put this in the chat. Say, I will be a conduit of kingdom finance. That's what you want to be. You want to be a channel through which God can get money into the kingdom. All right. Number two, what does a godly mindset about money look like? Okay. Let me, let me try to paint a little bit of a picture here. Understand the purpose of money, the proper role of money in your life. Money is a tool. Say that. Say money is a tool. Say, I use money like a tool. Money is a tool. Money is a tool that can be used to bless others. Money is a tool that can be used to support the kingdom to finance kingdom projects all over the world. Money can, is a tool that can be helped help to fulfill your divine assignment. You have something to do? Well, you need money 
to do it. For example, I know somebody, I'm not going to mention her name. I can see her right now in the chat, uh, but uh, her and her husband are building a beautiful home right now. And they're building this beautiful home, right? Amazing home. I'm, I can't wait for the day where I'm going to go visit that home. It's going to be nice. But anyway, beautiful home, beautiful view, right? They're building this amazing home. Now, I know, I believe, I'm convinced that God is going to use that building for his glory, that people are going to come there and experience God and get a respite from the, the chase of the things of this world. And they'll be able to go and rest and connect and there'll be relationships formed and all of those things. And guess what? There's nothing wrong with that. Now, other people that don't understand the things of God will say, why are they building that house so big? What is that? You know, that's not right. You know, you could take that money and go give it to some dude. If you want to give, go give. Why are you trying to, I can't stand when people try to tell you what to do with money when that you're not they don't know you. You're being led by the Holy Spirit. And so like, don't put your convictions on other people. If you want to give, give, but stop judging other people what they do with money. Let the Holy Spirit guide them. Money is a tool that can be used to advance the kingdom of God. And you got to see it that way. Develop a healthy relationship with money. And when you develop a healthy relationship with money and you recognize that money is a resource and God is your source, say that, put in the chat, money's just a resource. God is my source. And so money is a resource. God is your source. God, money is not your source of security. Like people think, oh, I'm secure because I have X amount of money. No, money, God is your source of security. Money shouldn't be your identity. People with money go, oh, this is my identity. No, no, your identity should come from God. And so at the end of the day, money is just a resource. God is the source. So you got to embrace. Now, let me be clear about this. When you walk with God and God walks with you and you develop a godly mindset, let me be super clear. God is a God of abundance. God is a God of overflow. God wants you to have more than enough. God doesn't, it doesn't bother God. Like if you like something, it doesn't bother God for you to have it. Like, I mean, like he will give you more than enough of it. He's, your, he's God. He owns everything. And so when you allow God's word, his will, his ways, his spirit to shape your perspective in life, you're going to have a different perspective concerning money. Now, Isabella and I had to work on this because we grew up with a poverty mindset. And the way you grew up has a lot to do with how you look at money. And so because we had a poverty mindset, then it was very difficult for us to see things the way that God sees them because God is not, God doesn't have a poverty mindset. God has a mindset of overflow and abundance. So you got to cultivate a spirit of generosity, a spirit of giving, but, but you will never be in a position where you want to give if you have a scarcity mindset. Because when it doesn't matter how much money you have, if you think you're going to run out, you don't want to give. You have the fear of running out. Put this in the chat. Say, I do not have the fear of running out. Put this in the chat. I live with faith in running over. So I'm never going to run out. I'm going to run over. And that's my confession. And so when you live that way, then now you are open to being a, a channel of, of God's glory and you can use money for to be able to fund kingdom projects all around the world and do what it, whatever it is that God tells you to, to do with the money. And you're free from materialism and you're avoiding the trap of constantly having to buy something else, buy something else, buy something. Now, let me say this, because I was raised with a poverty mindset, then man, I never had a nice car. So as soon as we could have a nice car, I wanted that nice car and we bought it. And sometimes I made dumb decisions to get it. 
And then I wanted another one. And then I wanted another one. I got to a point where now I've had every car that I ever wanted. I could drive whatever I want now. And so now, like, uh, uh, you know, people say, even the car that I drive right now, which I really enjoy, I don't love the car. I enjoy the car. God gives me all things richly to enjoy. People say, man, Rick, when you got this car, it's like you took a step backwards. You were going this way, and, and now you took a step back. I said, no, I didn't take a step backwards. I'm driving what I want to drive, and I'm not measured by the car. And so, like, you got to stop just being, it, stop using this stuff as like a status symbol. You know, just go, just do whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Your fulfillment needs to be found in God and not in stuff. So, and once you, once you're settled in that, then you will release the stress and the anxiety associated with money. People have anxiety about money because they think they're going to run out. But when you know that God is your source, you know that God, God is able to make all grace abound towards you to where you would always have all sufficiency in all things at all times. You'll be able to meet the, the needs of every situation and give unto every good and charitable work. Then you put this in the chat. I'm never going to run out because God is my source. All right. Number three, Man, I'm teaching, I'm teaching good this morning. I'm teaching better than y'all saying amen in the chat. All right, number three, don't put your trust in money. Put your trust in God. Solomon was the richest man on the planet. Some people, I know he was a billionaire. Some people say he was probably a trillionaire. But this is what Solomon said in Proverbs 11 and 28. Those who trust in their riches will fall like dead leaves, but the righteous will prosper like the leaves of the summer. Those who trust in their riches will fall like dead leaves. Why do they fall like dead leaves? Well, because the leaf was strong at one point, but when the season changed, they fall. See, when your trust is in riches and the economy changes, now, woe is me. We're in a recession. What are we going to do? You know what you should do as a believer in the middle of a recession? I'm good because God is my source. I'm not moved by recession. I choose not to participate in the recession. Why? Because I'm in the kingdom and God is my source. And Mark 4 and 19, once again, what we've been looking at over and over and over again, Jesus said, you can't allow the cares of this world, the love of money, this, the deceitfulness of riches to choke out the word. One of the translations where it says the, that money is deceitful is that is, uh, it, they translate it untrustworthy. The money is not trustworthy. Like at the end of the day, even now with all of the, the debate about the dollar and cryptocurrency and where we are and what's the global standard, listen, your trust can't be in money. Your trust has to be in God. Th these are things so that if the season changes, you don't fall like that leaf. Why? Because you were, you were dependent on that. No, say this. Say, I am dependent on God. I am dependent. God is my source and I'm dependent on him. Number four and finally, I got four things for you today. Let me give you the last point. You must make your choice between serving God and serving money. Say this, I serve God. God is not opposed to you having money. Once again, let me be very clear. The problem is not you having money. The problem is money having you. If you have the proper relationship with money, God can give you loads of it. But you have to prove to God that you're a good money manager. If you trust God for everything else, you got to trust God in the area of your finances as well. Jesus said, you cannot serve God and money. That's Matthew 6 and 24. Either you're going to put your trust in God or you're going to put your trust in money. I don't have time to deal with uh, the parable of the talents today, but I'm going to teach on that parable later. And the parable of the talents is not a talent like singing talent. Talent was a measure of money. And, and the guy who had five bags of gold, basically, he doubled the money. Uh, and, and he would say, well, well done. The guy who, who was given two doubled the money. It was like, well done. The guy who had one didn't do anything with the money. He didn't lose it, but he didn't cause it to grow either. And, and the Lord called him wicked. 
And 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 then the the amount of money that the the one person had, the the one was taken from him and given to the guy with 10. Because when you prove that you're a good steward and the steward is a money manager, when you prove that you're a good steward and the steward is a money manager, when you prove to if you don't have a lot of money, you probably haven't proven to God that you can manage money. And if you can't manage the money that you have right now, don't talk about, oh, if I had money, I would give. If I had, look, you're not giving now. You're showing God that you can't manage what you have. The way that God's kingdom works is that you got to prove to God that you can manage what you got right now. And so if when you prove that you can manage little, then God can give you much. But if you can't manage what you have right now, then you're showing to God, oh, well, one day I'm going to give because I'm going to, no, it doesn't work that way. You got to work with what you got right now. You have to manage what God puts in your hands right now. And if you manage that well, then God can give you much. And the church said, amen. I've already given you too much for today. I'm going to stop right there. Say amen to that though. All right, you got it? All right, so let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. (laughs) I want you to lift up your voice and declare this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. So I boldly declare that I pursue you because pursuing money is not worth it. The pursuit of money is is deceitful. So I find my fulfillment in you and you alone. My trust is in you, Father, not in riches. I embrace an abundance mindset, a prosperity mindset, and I steward your blessings faithfully. I break free from greed and materialism. I invest in eternal values. I use money to advance your kingdom. I trust in your faithfulness. In every season of my life, you are my source. I have no stress concerning running out. I have faith in running over. You give me money with a mission. You give me prosperity with a purpose. And then I use the overflow to advance your kingdom. And the more I give, the more you give to me. So I love you, Father, not money. Therefore, I will never fall into the money trap. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, I'm going to have another one. Please apply it and prosper. This is a message that people need to hear. First of all, if you don't have my notes, you should have got the notes. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button so you can get my notes in your email inbox every day for free. So sign up. It's free. Sign up. But people need to hear this. Share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends, and then leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. I want to know. Did it bless you? If so, let me know. Have an amazing day. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Isn't there so much stuff in these parables? This stuff is good. All right. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want 
access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material. And there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.